God is good. You can have a seat. Beautiful. When you get to that point in your life where he's all we want, he's all we ever needed, that's a great place to be, man. Things seem to fall in place when that happens in our life. Uh, last week I brought up what Paul was talking about in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 4. He said, do not devote yourselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculation. A lot of speculation going on rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Now we can get caught up into myths when we start talking about heaven as well. I read where a Sunday school teacher was quizzing her fifth grade class about how to get to heaven. And she asked them, you know, what do you do to get to heaven? And they, she got a lot of good answers. The kids said uh, this, you don't get there by being good. You don't get there by just helping people. Uh, you don't get there by just being a nice person. So she asked them, well, how does one get to heaven? And there, none of the regular students said anything, but there was a visitor who was in fifth grade, stood up and said, you got to be dead. That was their answer on how to get to heaven. So that is a correct answer. You have to be dead except for, you know, maybe Enoch or Elijah. But unless Jesus returns, think about this, unless Jesus returns and takes us all off of earth to be with him in heaven, we all got to die to get there. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Then I looked up some statistics with kind of shocking for me because worldwide it says three people die every second in the world. That's heaven. That means 11,000 people every hour die in the world. That means that uh, 11,000 people are dying and they're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. There's no other place. Uh, and that means that Every day, 260,000 people leave this earth. I never knew it was that much. It's unbelievable. There was a poll taken back uh, a few years ago that found that 82% of Americans believe in heaven. And 62% of them expect to go there one day. Kind of a bad statistic. But in spite of all the interest in heaven... I think there's little talk about heaven in the American churches, whether evangelical or mainline Protestant or even Catholic. Kathy's been after me for two or three years to do a series on heaven, so I'm finally listening to my wife, and we're going to start today. And of course, once again, the Lord used a song to get me in the right frame of mind to do heaven. We were in a thrift store in Percival probably a month ago, and we were in this store, and I saw, man, a whole shelf full of CDs, a dollar a piece. I got all excited. And then I found, wow, number ones. Praise God. 31 of the greatest Christian music hits ever. And I was crying. I paid a dollar. There's two CDs in there. It's like 50 cents a piece, man. And then I started listening to the songs, and then I came to number five, One of These Days, FFH. Oh, my God. We used to listen to that song. That was I was in the 90s somewhere. It was number one. Praise God. One of these days. Check out the words. I'm going to try to get to band. And in this week, all of you all, you know, look on Pandora or a CD or YouTube or Apple Music or whatever you use 
to get your music. Look up one of these days by FFH. Practice it because we're going to sing it next week and I'm going to want to hear you hear some of the words. One of these days I'm going to do all the things I've never done. I'm going to finish all the races that I've ever won, that I've ever run, but I have never won. And I'm going to see a million faces and recognize everyone one of these days. One of these days, going to see the hand that took the nails from me. One of these days, going to hold the key to the mansion built for me. I mean, that's some powerful writing. One of these days, going to walk the streets of gold that were paved for me. One of these days, I'm going to see my Savior face to face. One of these days. Powerful words. Practice this week. Get it done. I'm trying to remember what FFH stood for. I thought maybe far from home, but then I made up my, my own name. Famous Fox Hymns is where FFH came from. Praise God. Nobody got that. All right. David Jeremiah said this in a series called Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven. David Jeremiah said this. When we lose sight of the fact that God has this wonderful destination prepared for those who are His. We start trying to create heaven on earth. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 3.11, He's made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. No one can fathom what God has done from the beginning of the end. Powerful. We know that there's supposed to be a heaven. And when we stop seeking biblical heaven, stop seeking the biblical heaven, we try to create an earthly one. Think about that. When we stop thinking about heaven, we start trying to think of, of creating an earthly one. I was talking to a mom a few years back about their teenager coming to the youth. And, and the mom said to me, well, they're not really interested in going to youth. And I thought to myself, hmm, I mean, what's it going to look like down the road if they're not interested in getting in the Word now? And then I thought about the parents who really never came to church. And think about it as parents, you know, because I've been hanging with teenagers and all these feelings and thoughts and memories are coming to my mind. Teenagers usually model what they see from the parents. Am I right or not? They're growing up there. And as parents, we have this responsibility to model things to them. I remember parents calling me up, Nick, you need to come talk to my teenager. They're starting to smoke, and I want them to come in and talk to you. So they would come into the office over there in Ashburn, and I'd talk to them about cigarettes and the dangers of all that stuff. And then I would walk them out to the car, and their parents are waiting for them, and the mom's smoking, man. The mom's smoking and throwing ashes out the window, telling me to talk to their kid about not smoking. Something ain't right here. You know why? Because they forgot about heaven. And they're trying to create a heaven here on earth. And that takes you away from the things of God. And the problem with that strategy is that we could never approximate on earth what God has created for us in heaven. Think about it. So we try harder. We begin pursuing uh, the pleasures of this world. And we begin doing what Solomon writes about in Ecclesiastes, looking for pleasure and satisfaction and and Solomon found the three W's, the wine, women, and wealth. You can read about it in there. So it's just important. But as you read through Ecclesiastes and all the things that Solomon wrote, I think he finally recognized the futility, or uh, the Bible uses the word vanity a lot, of his ways. 
But many Christians have not, especially in this generation. And if we do not feed the hunger for heaven with biblical truth, we just finished talking about truth for like six weeks. If we do not feed the hunger for heaven with biblical truth, we'll feed it on the superficial, might call it trinkets or bangles of this world. And while heaven isn't being talked about that much in the church, it seems to be popular in the uh, culture. I remember a few years back, there was a book called and a movie, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. I remember that by Mitch Album. It was on a New York Times bestseller list for over a year. But when you watched it or read about it, it really didn't have anything to do with heaven. It just had to do about evaluating how you treated people on earth when you see them in heaven. Then there was a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn, great writer, great pastor, great preacher. He was published a book called Heaven and sold over 100,000 copies, I found out, within a few months. So I think people are reading about heaven, just not talking about it in the church very much. But starting today, we're going to start talking about it. Heaven is mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. Think about it. Both the Old Testament, uh, Shemaim is the... Uh, Hebrew word for heaven and in the New Testament Oranus is the Greek word for heaven and they're words for heaven that refer to a high and lofty place heaven is a consistent theme in the Bible I've been studying and you see the title of this message there's a place for us praise God but John chapter 14 is like a classic text where Jesus got together with his disciples and he started talking about the subject of heaven uh, with his disciples. And the disciples, when you read in John chapter 14, man, they were troubled. They couldn't understand the timeline that had been laid out for them in the scripture concerning in Jesus' future, that he would die, that he would be buried. And that's why we took communion today, that we realized he died and was buried and rose again and, his re and he returned to heaven. But not understanding, I feel like, the complete picture of Christ's mission, they were understandably sorrow, the disciples, at the news that he was going to leave them. But look how Jesus comforts them in this John 14, 1 through 6, which I saw in the song today. I didn't even realize it. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So Jesus comforts his disciples, and I hope that I can comfort you today with these words. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And then Thomas said to him, because he didn't understand about heaven, he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And how many people would say that today? We don't know where heaven is. We don't know how to get there. We don't know where Jesus went. But Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Wow, if you can understand that. And, and realize that, that he has prepared a place for us. And there's 260,000 people that are going to die today. And they're either going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell. So you see from those verses that Jesus really responded to Thomas's doubt by saying, no one comes to the Father except through me. So how can you not be interesting 
How can you not be interested in God's word? How can you not be interested in coming to church and fellowship with one another and feeding and allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us things? Heaven is a permanent heavenly abode where we will dwell forever in God's presence. Heaven is not a feeling, it's not an emotion or a point of view or even an attitude. It's a place it's not a place that we create by our actions here on earth. It's a place. It's a physical, locatable place. Now, where exactly the place is called heaven, we really can't say with certainty because the Bible really doesn't say. Ephesians 4.10 says, He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. In Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, the disciples were gazing up into heaven where Jesus had gone. And the verses say this, And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why, Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up for you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's a promise from God's word. And if language means anything, we have to assume that Jesus' destination was up. But depending upon where you are on standing on earth, up is a different direction. It just seems perpendicular to the surface of the earth. I found out in Isaiah chapter 14, we get a different perspective addressing God. Satan said this, I will exalt my throne above the stars of the sky of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. So Satan in those verses there refers to heaven as the farthest sides of the north. And now regardless of where you're standing on the globe, north is always pointing in the same direction. So it may be reasonable to consider that heaven is somewhere in the northern heavens beyond the range of the astronomers most powerful telescopes. And astronomers will even tell us, I read in a commentary, that this part of the outer space contains fewer stars and galaxies than any other points, any other parts. So even if we don't know exactly where heaven is, we know a specific place where Jesus is preparing a place for us. Think about it. Are you interested yet in church? Are you interested in the things of God yet when you hear this? I'm going to give you seven reasons now why. Heaven is a treasured place. First, it's got to be the obvious one. Jesus is there. Jesus is in heaven. Hebrews 9.24 says, For Christ has entered, not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but in heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God. And then I love those three last words, on our behalf. On our behalf. Interested yet? Hebrews 9.24 says that Christ has entered into heaven itself. Think about it. Now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Descriptions of, the descriptions of heaven in Revelation suggest it's going to be a stunningly beautiful place. But I believe all the beauty will pale into insignificance when we behold the beauty of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful when we see the one who suffered and died to pay the penalty of our sins, when we see the scars of his suffering 
I think nothing will look as beautiful as he will look to our eyes when we see him as he really is. Think about that. So one, heaven is a treasured place because Jesus is there. Two, our relationships are in heaven. And when I read that, I think about the babies that we lost, but we know they're there, Kathy. We know they're in heaven. And we rejoice that one day we'll be reunited with them for the first time. And that's the hope that we have because we have Jesus in our heart. That's the hope that we have because we live for him. The writer Hebrews made an interesting choice of words when he wrote this in Hebrews 12, 23. Check it out. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. I read that, it kind of sounds like when we leave this earth, we're like checking into a hotel, doesn't it? You leave earth, you arrive in heaven, and you're registered there. So when we get there, we look up our friends and our loved ones and be united for all eternity. So heaven is a treasured place because Jesus is there. Our relationships are there. And the third thing I thought of, our inheritance is in heaven. And Peter writes about this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that, man. You know why? Because there's an explanation point after that. Let's read that first sentence with an explanation. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that was the saddest thing I've ever heard. Let's try it again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? Dying here and standing in the presence of God. There's going to be a lot of explanation points. In his great mercy, he has given us a new hope. Look what Peter writes, such encouraging words. He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance. That's where that comes. Inheritance has preceded us to heaven. It's already there waiting for us to arrive and claim it. Think about it. I love it. Seriously. Unlike really earthly uh, inheritances, our heavenly inheritance is not dependent upon the economy as to its value. It has perfectly been established in heaven. It will never change. So our inheritance is there. Number four, our residence is there. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from them, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that verse tells us where our citizenship is. It doesn't mean we reside there now, but it does mean our official permanent residence. When we fill out paperwork in this life, we have to declare our place of birth and our, res- and our residence, but that's all temporary. Praise God, I went to the DMV back in January. Oh, my gosh, I had to renew my license. Two hours waiting, filling out all this paperwork, and then you get a picture that you hate of yourself on your license. It's horrible. But it's not going to be like that in heaven. Our place of birth is in heaven, our real place of birth. And when you look at that word in in the Greek, born again, it really, I found out, can be translated to born from above and therefore our citizenship is in heaven when we die we simply go to our permanent home to live there for eternity anyone here interested in that today 
anyone here realize that that's probably the most important thing that you'll ever study is about heaven and about the things of God, that we would longing that uh, Jesus is there, our residence is there. Number five, our rewards are in heaven. Matthew 5, 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And we talked about in scripture a few weeks ago about the five crowns and uh, and the more I think about it, some might think it's not very spiritual to be looking forward to heaven in order to receive rewards. But all throughout scripture, God makes promises that really have a positive benefits as our rewards. I think God motivates us to faithfulness by offering rewards. Think about it. What's wrong with that? Don't you offer your reward, kid, rewards to your kids when they get good grades or do good things? So they want to do them because they want the rewards, praise God. And it's beautiful. It's like a perfect reasonable since our fallen nature is not inclined to be faithful or obedient so God I think motivates us to be faithful and then rewards us when we are it's a great program God's figured out for us and amazingly we'll end up you know laying all those crowns and those rewards at the feet of Jesus and praise him and you look at that in Revelations 4:10. number six our treasures are in heaven do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what do we store up here? And I'm thinking about our church. I'm thinking about missions. When we're giving to missions, and you'll know Next week, because it's the end of the month, and we'll find out tomorrow night how much came in during the month, and we'll take 10% of that, and, and Candy will write all the checks and give them out all to the missions next week. But that's storing up treasures in heaven when you give missions. You're bringing the cereal. We're giving it to the people that need it. We're storing up treasures in heaven. When you give here, when the plate comes around and you're giving, you're giving treasures in heaven. And how can I say that? And I thought about in Malachi, this is not on uh, the PowerPoint, but in Malachi, because it says, you know, store up yourself treasures in heaven. I thought about what Malachi said in 3.10, bring to the full tithe into the storehouse. Think about it. Because you're storing things up in heaven that there may be food in my house and therefore put me to test, says the Lord God of hosts, if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. That's powerful. In a teenager's Wednesday night and, and today we talked about, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And we talked about all these things. You know, Keith and Eric spurred us on to look at the verses before that. But in my, in my own self, in my life, when I think about all these things that God has blessed me, because I've been seeking first the kingdom of God. I think about my relationship with my, my wife. I think about coming here and, and praising God and sharing God's word. I think about my ride here. All these blessings happen because you seek him first. So if you're a teenager here and you're going about growing up into adulthood that really not interested in church, really not interested in growing in the relationship with God, 
I'm telling you, you're going to be missing out on a lot of blessings. You're going to be missing out on a lot of relationships. You're going to be missing out on storing a lot of great things in heaven. Because when you get to heaven, you're going to stand before God one day, and you're going to give an account for the things you've done in your body, whether good or bad. And I have this picture of all these teenagers with their phone looking at God and looking at the phone and trying to real. No, no, I'm trying to go there. I'm going to let it go. Praise God. Another reason why heaven is so precious is that our treasures are there in heaven. You see that Jesus tells his followers to lay up treasures not on earth but in heaven. And they would be eternally safe there. For where your treasure is, the scripture says, there your heart will be also. So the more you get into the word of God, the more the word of God is going to be in your heart. And the more you're going to make a difference to him, the more blessed you're going to be. How do we store up treasures in heaven? I thought about that question. And it's by investing on earth and the only things that are going to be transferred to heaven. So if I ask you the question, what are the things that are going to be transferred to heaven? Great question, I think. And I thought about this. The souls of men and women and teenagers and boys and girls are going to be the things that are going to be transferred to heaven. That's what we store up. The Word of God and the human soul are the only eternal things on earth. Think about it. More important than soccer Football, baseball, well, I don't know about baseball. I'm only kidding about that, praise God. So build equity in heaven. We have to build in the word of God in the lives of people on earth. The last thing, our reservation is in heaven. Think about it. 21, 27 of Revelations. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the land's book of life. That's the promise from God's word. On how do you get to heaven, your name has to be registered in the land's book of life. And that verse tells us that only those names written. Jesus once told his disciples in Luke 10, 20, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's why we come to church to rejoice because our name is there. So as we start this series in heaven, it might be the right time if you haven't confirmed that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you do that today. And then I thought about the next few weeks, when you open up your listening guide and you see that prayer sheet in there, if you have a question about heaven, write it in there. Write it in there. Put it in the offering plate or put it in a plate when you go out of here. I'd love to hear or read questions that you have about heaven because I'll do my best to answer them. We're going to be talking about it for a few weeks. In fact, next week I'm going to talk about the only other option that's not heaven, and you know what that is. So praise God. If the ushers would come forward in the band. If you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, this is what we do every week because we are a Christian church. We are a non-denominational church who believes in the Word of God and And the Word of God talks about the throne of grace. And every week we open up this throne up for people who'd come for prayer for yourself or for someone else, for a relative that doesn't know Christ. It starts with prayer. You want to see people saved and born again and and being ready to go to heaven because that's where our inheritance is? 
Come and pray for them. Praise God. So why is heaven a treasured place? Jesus is there. Our relationships are there. Our inheritance is there. Our residents are there. Our rewards are there. Our treasures are there. Our reservations. Father, thank you for your word today, Father. Father, I pray that uh, we understand that heaven is a powerful place where we might not know where it is, Father, but we're going to look into your word about heaven in the next few weeks. It says over 500 times the Bible talks about heaven. So maybe we should talk about it, Lord. Father, help us to realize that just what that song said, you are the way and the truth and the life, and no one gets into heaven except through you, Father. So bless our offering today as as we choose to build treasures in heaven by giving here on earth, and we use that money to bless other people, to further the kingdom of God, to further the gospel, to feed people. We send money to Africa, Asia, Costa Rica, all different places. We send money down the street to people uh, who need a place to stay because they're pregnant and they don't have a home or they don't have a father of the child there or, or the CareNet ministry, Father, or the Nova HTI or IJM or doing them doing their best to fight human trafficking, which is one of the worst sins in the world today, Father. So, Father, I pray that you bless our offering today. I pray that you bless this offering uh, today, this altar time today, this worship today, Father. Bless everyone that's here. I'm excited to see new people here today. We want nothing else but to point them to Christ to tell them about Jesus dying and being buried and rise again and sitting at the right hand throne of God making intercession Father we pray that you're making intercession right now maybe in a teenager's life that has realized today man I haven't been seeking first the kingdom of God help me Father show me how to do that Father in Jesus name I pray Amen